in the last year or so, he's been talking about what God has been doing in his life. And he came to me and he said, man, this thing is burning inside of me. I really would like to share testimony about what God's been doing in my life. And so he's coming to share, but it's going to be something that's going to kind of leak all over you guys. And I hope you catch it this morning because he's speaking with some moral authority in what he's coming with. So everybody bless, bless him as he comes. Hi there. This is my first time, so I'm a little nervous, so just bear with me. Um, But here's what I want to do today. Um, I came to Andrew um, because I want to open up my heart with my family and share a testimony about God's goodness and what he's done. And I'm so um, blown away and excited because it's not only for me, it's available for everybody. And so here's the problem, though. A lot of people will say all the right things. They'll smile to do all the right things. And there are certain areas in our life that we hold on to very tightly. And we're afraid to let it go. And because of that, there's only so far that we can go. Because it's just basic things. And so that's what I want to come to you today with. Um, I've been praying over it. I've been asking the Lord just to flow through it. And and the whole deal is this, not to be a good message or an inspiring thing, but this is reality of my life. I don't come to you as um, uh, having some calculated expository from some seminary, right? That's not who I am, right? I'm just a normal guy, just like you guys. But I've, I've seen a truth in my life that's played over and over and over again since I was a little child. And I'm here to tell you today the same thing can happen to you. And I want to encourage each other not only to inspire but to impart this simple truth that so many people fail to do. They speak it with their mouth, but then there's that little areas where they want to just not go forward with it. And so this is out of love, excitement, energy, no condemnation, none of that stuff. Andrew did not ask me to speak on this or any of that stuff, Okay. Um, so very simply, um, there, uh, what I'm going to talk about is uh, our heart and giving. So many people, times, sometimes people shrink up and they get, oh my goodness, here it comes. I just want to let you know, disclaimer, there's not a building fund that's coming. There's not any kind of collection plates that's going to go around, any of that stuff. But I want to share with you the truth of this. It's basic Christianity 101. And that's the, that's the reality of this whole thing. Um, so I'm gonna, there's lots of different ways to give. Can we all agree with that? We give our time, we give our energy, we give our whatever you want to call it. But today, for today, this morning, I'm specifically going to focus in on giving with our money. Because sometimes that's a taboo subject, right? And so this is coming from a layman, some guy that's just walking through life. But I've seen how he's moved in our lives powerfully. And um, I just want to throw that all on you guys. Because you know what? Here's the thing. Most people, who, how many people would say, you know, I want, I'd like to have some breakthrough in my finances, right? Seriously, a lot of people will say that. Well, here's, as we were worshiping today, here's what I felt the Lord say. Just like Andy was saying before, he says, you know what? Sometimes we're fighting for freedom and that's the wrong place to be fighting from because we're already there, right? So we got to fight from a place of freedom, not fighting after, going after, right? This is going to, some of the things I'm going to say to you today might jab you a couple little things or might tweak you. I'm not coming as a Bible scholar. Here's what I'm doing. I'm coming from opening up my heart, my family, being very vulnerable. I'm going to tell you details, okay? But I want you to catch that this is real stuff. This is not only stuff I say, hey, this is really good. If we would just put it in place, I'm saying this is my life and this is what the truth of the word is. And therefore, we can impart it to each other. Does that make sense? Okay. Here's what the Lord showed me. He says, people pray for a breakthrough in finances, but he says, what I'm telling you is there is no breakthrough because it's already there. My word is true. If people would just put my word into play, it will take place, whether you believe him or not. Yep. End of story. That's right. 
I, you could do a, I, I, I almost want to do a case study where I take a non-believer and a believer. And I say, here's the deal. I'm going to give you a six-month or a year assignment. And here's what I want you to do. You're going to do this principles to the non-believer. And this one, you're going to do this. And I want to see what would take place. And I can guarantee you, based on my life and what the Word says, the non-believer will have amazing fruitfulness in his finances if he applies everything the Word says. You know why? Because God doesn't discriminate. Am I doing all right? I'm falling all apart here. Oh, better. I'm better. Okay. So this is it. God doesn't discriminate at all. He just says, my principles are my principles. And so let me ask you guys this question. What is this? Yes, very nice. This side's cooperating. You guys are sleeping. It's okay. Now, what is that an example of? Hey, you all got it right, right? You know who coined that, right? Sir Isaac Newton, right? Now, is there anybody in the room that would say that does not exist? I don't believe in gravity. Nobody. That's foolishness, right? Because gravity is a law that is in this universe whether you believe it or not. Anybody that would argue that would be, you look at him and go, crazy, I'll just take my stuff, I'll walk away, good, nice meeting you, nice talking to you. Because you know it's a law that's in place. Here's what I'm telling you. The laws of giving are the same thing. So whether you believe it or not, it doesn't matter. It is something that will take place in your life if you take it wholeheartedly and then set aside all your excuses and go, you know what, Lord? Because in Malachi, the Old Testament, he says, Test me and try me in this. You know, it says, go through the whole thing. We know that. You robbed me of my tithes and offerings, la, la, la. And he says, see if I'll not open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so many blessings you can't contain them, right? And we all go, oh, Lord, that's great. Let me make the declarations. But yet we still hold on to the little part and go, you know what? I want to do it without actually sowing into it. What was that? Money falling down back there? Okay. And just, by the way, this is, this is by no means making to, to, to manipulate anybody in this. I want you guys to get this. This is tearing my heart open and saying, look, jump inside. It's an amazing journey. And it's not always been easy. But here's what I'll tell you. Whether it's been hard or good, we give the same way. In fact, when he pulls on our heart to give, man, we do it regardless of what our circumstances look like at the time. You know why? Because I have been proven over 42 years tomorrow, the character of God is true. Thank you. Thank you. I still feel 20. But, um, so, so, so that's the whole concept. So that's a long intro. But, um, so here's the thing. Uh, my prayer, my desire is that we can access all Father has already instituted for us. Right? There comes a time when we have to take a shift from what we are saying and what we are proclaiming to actually put it in our life. Because if we don't do that, you can sit back here all day long. And again, this is our love. We, I'm including myself. Can I just make that disclaimer? When I'm talking, I'm like sitting on the front row and I'm saying, Lord, you can take me, stick me on your face and speak. And I'm going to listen. Right? So that's where I'm coming from. Okay? So we could say all day long, do all this stuff. But if we hold on little areas in our life that we want to hold on to because whatever great reason it may sound, we're robbing ourselves of the fullness of God that's already set aside for us. He's the king, and he has everything we need. And it's like we're a servant, and we're coming to the king, and the servant says, hey, I have an assignment for you today. I need you to take this money, go to this village, and feed the people. The servant takes the stuff. He goes, okay, I got you. I'll go do it, come back. And guess what he does? At the end of the day, he doesn't go, wow, I don't have anything else. He had his assignment. He goes back to the king. He says, now what? But here's the catch that I want you to get. And by the way, I have a whole outline. This stuff just coming up. So, <laughs> um, Here's the thing. The servant knows this. There's a roof over his head. The servant knows this. My king, who loves me, gave me an assignment to fulfill. That means there's more for me to do when I go back to him. 
It's the servant's prerogative or decision or choice to stay outside of that, if you like. Or he can run back to the father because it's exciting carrying out the details of the father or the king. Mm-hmm. Right? And so when he goes back, he knows that stuff. He knows that there's a head. He knows he'll be fed. He doesn't have to go, you know what? This is what he wants me to give the village. I'm going to keep a little bit for myself. And I'll give him part of it. And then I'm going to go back and go, you know, hey, um, do, can I stay here tonight? That's already done. It's a done deal. So I just, we use biblical terms like servants and lords and kings in the Bible. And that's something the Lord's impressed upon my heart. He says, hey, let's take it to a real life situation where do you really believe that I will take care of your needs? And we'll so flippantly say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. And then we'll seem to struggle through our life because we haven't implemented basic Christianity 101. It's a reality. Okay. So, again, this is not going to be, you know, this is not going to be uh, some great biblical scholarly thing. What this is going to be is a walk through my personal life. And I hope that you guys catch that. Um, so, as gravity, here's the deal. Law of gravity is in effect all the time, no matter what we believe. The law doesn't change because someone believes it or not. And so, I looked up the laws. And so, it, Newton also did this, a law of inertia. Anybody know what that is? Okay, I'm going to read it for you anyways. Here's what it says. This is the definition. An object at rest stays at rest, and an object in motion stays in motion with the same speed and in the same direction unless acted upon by an unbalanced force. Science class. I was like, what does that mean, Cheryl? Because you know? I, I know this. If we throw something in the air, it's going to continue going. Here's the key. If it continues going at the same speed and the same trajectory without something stopping it, it's always going to continue going. Right? But then we have things that come in the force like friction, like gravity will draw it down, stuff like that, correct? That law is in place, again, no matter what anyone wants to believe. And so, um, I'll turn this over here. And so, I also looked up, so, definition of laws. And I'm just getting somewhere with this, so I just want you to follow with me. Everyone okay? Good. Okay, good. A law is this, an empirical generalization, a statement of a biological principle that appears to be without exception at the time it is made. It has to become consolidated by repeated successful testing. Oh my goodness, that's a definition from a dictionary. Take that and apply that to what the Lord says about giving. The girl, it, he says it right there. Man. It's, gonna, it's, it's proven without exception from the time it was stated. Man, that is powerful. And then he says, at the rest of that, it's, it's, um, it has become consolidated by repeated successful testing. This is my life. This is all of our life. This is what it's already done for us if we enter into it with a glad heart. All right. And so um, it, there's a bunch of other definitions. I won't go over that right now. Um, but here's the basic Christianity living 101 is why I said the Lord. Here's the key. The Lord is gentle. He's kind. He invites us to be a part of what he's doing. Just like he invites us to give into his kingdom. He won't demand it. He is such a gentle God. He's not going to say, you know what, do this. Because he wants us to have a choice, right? He wants us to gladly do it. And I can just tell you the elation and the joy and all the stuff that comes when you just so an amazing way, whether it's little or lot, that's not the key. The key is when you give without strings attached is a phenomenal result. Now, let me just tell you a couple stories. When I was a little kid, my parents taught me, save your money, you, you give, you save, and then you have some to spend. And so from a little boy, they taught me, save 10%, give 10%, and then the rest... You know, do what you want. I always found it fun to save more than 10%, always giving 10%. And I can tell you this, 10% is a good place to start. But the New Testament says decide what to give in your heart and give joyfully. 
Here's a beautiful thing the Lord started really impressing upon me with that one verse is this. He doesn't say, I'm going to tell you what to give and then give it. What does he say? Who does he leave it up to? He said, decide, right? Decide what to give. This is what he's been showing me. It's like, oh, Lord, you know what? I'm, gonna, I'm open to whatever it is you want me to do, and let's do it. And then he'll prompt my heart, pull on my heart, and you give it. And it's amazing the stories that come from that. Um, and so as I was a little kid, I did that. Um, and I went through all the way through middle school, through high school. I had a lawn service when I started when I was 11 years old. I went around the neighborhood. I cut the grass, you know, with my weed eater, my push mower, my edger, all that stuff on weekends. And I had saved up enough money, but I always had 10% I set aside, set aside, set aside. I'd give it to the church. And then when I was in high school, I, I had enough money to buy my first truck. And my, I was like $2,800. I was like $800 shy, so my dad helped me with the other $800. And I was so excited, and I was like, man, this is so cool. It's such an accomplishment of all these years of cutting grass for 20 bucks. You know, that's a lot of cutting grass. Um, so as I started working in the summer times at Publix, my mom worked at Publix for 42 years. I worked in the warehouse in the summer times. I had this really fancy idea one day, you know, when the trucks, you know, the trucks got lower to the ground, you know, and you put the stereo system. Anybody remember those days? The kids still do that nowadays? I don't know. But now they have hydraulics. They bounce all over the place and all that stuff. So um, the first time as the Lord started really impressing upon my heart, the principle of this was I had saved up. I, I had my, what I used to do is I would set my money aside as I earned money until it got to a certain amount. And then I would give it, okay? So I had saved up this amount of money, and it was sitting there, and there was, this, there was these new wheels I wanted for my truck. And I was like, you know what, Lord? And this is, this is the heart, because it's all about the heart and giving, right? I said, Lord, I know this is your money, but right now my check isn't coming. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to utilize this money for now. And then when, as soon as my check comes, I'm going to replace it. My heart was right. Everything else was good. No big deal. And I thought, that's, that's, that's fair to say. I'm not robbing him or taking it. So I did it. I went and got my wheels, and I was like, this is so cool. They look so nice and chrome and shiny, and I was very excited. The very next day, the week, that happened that weekend at the wheels. The very next week that's, that work started in the summer, I drove to work. I was all excited about my shiny wheels. I had my stereo system in my car. Everything was great. I park in the parking lot. I go to work early in the morning. I come out, and I go off in the afternoon time. I go to the parking lot, and I look, and I know I, know I parked there. And then it's not there anymore. But there was a real nice little pile of glass. And I went, hmm, someone stole my car. So I wasn't like, oh, I can't believe that. I was like, I was wondering if this was really happening at the time. A little frustrated, a little upset. I called my mom in her office. said, mom, I parked my, I drove my car here. It's gone now. Someone stole it. Can we call the cops? So we did that. So I didn't work a lot. I'm trying to find my car. So the cops said they found it like two or three miles away. So this is what's so amazing. I go, I find my truck, okay? I pull up, it's in someone's yard. I pull up, the windows are busted out. The windshield wipers are stolen. There's a nice pile of screws in the back of my truck and a nice, neat, orderly screws, like the guys who stole it took their time to unscrew all my speakers and put them in a pile, so they let me know they did a good job. <laughs> they lifted up my hood and they stole my battery out of the car. They tried to get my wheels, but I had lock on. That's the only thing they couldn't get, but they took everything else. They stripped everything. Everything they could do. And I remember pulling up to the car, and this is what happened. I walked up to the car, and I was like, wow. They took everything, but not the wheels. And I, went, and I felt like the Lord said this to me. That was my money. And here's the best thing about it. I didn't feel condemned. I didn't feel like I was a bad kid. I was like, Lord, I got you loud and clear. Won't happen again. Thank you. 
I stand to say this. It wasn't, it's, I have a choice at the time. It wasn't like I felt out, like beat up or upset or whatever else. I was like, Lord, man, so that, when I was 16 or 17, really set the precedence for that time. It's his money, it's sacred. And, um, and I'm, again, I'm not trying to get legalistic on and don't bar, you know, all that stuff. I'm just saying for me, that's what started setting me on a course that was like, oh my goodness. There's a big deal to utilizing his money and having a heart that's doing whatever it will do, what he asks us to do, okay? So that was a kind of a funny story. I got, you know, I got my truck back. I slowly put a little radio in it again. I got my windshield wipers. I got a battery. Um, and those wheels stayed on the whole time, you know. They, could, they tried to get those things off, and I eventually sold the truck down the road. Um, so that's a story that would kind of really set me aside saying, you know what, this is a real deal. A lot of times we read things in the Bible and we go through Scripture and we think, you know what, that's really, that's kind of nice. And we subscribe to it, but not really. Right? A world peace apart. And I'm saying myself too. I'm not, I haven't got all this stuff figured out. I'm just saying in my life, I've seen where I said, okay, Lord, you're serious about this. And I'm going to implement everything I can about it. And it's turned into it from a discipline to a gifting. And it's been phenomenal. Um, okay, so we know that. Um, and so the Old Testament says, you know, save up a tenth. And then I also looked up storehouse. We can get the big thing. But here's another thing the Lord told me one time. He says, um, he said, let me ask you a question. What is the body? Just like you guys would say, we're the body, right? The Lord's really started messing with my mind because I was taught, give to the church, do all this stuff. And I'm saying, wherever you go, man, feed, give to your church, give. The point is this, give wherever the Lord asks you to give. I know if you're here and you're part of a body, he asks you to give here. That's not the point. But the point is this, when you, wherever you're at, if you feel a tugging on your heart, it's an invitation to do something that has monstrous ripple effect that you may never know. And it's been neat to see that in our life. Um, so he, one time, um, here's another little story. You know, there's a verse in the Bible, too, that says this. It says, um, don't let the left hand know what the right hand's doing, right? We all know, you guys read that, right? Yes. Talks about how the Pharisees would always be like, look at me. I give all this stuff, you know, but their hearts were so far from it. And it talks about, you know, doing things in the secret or just, it's a matter of the heart. So one time I was at church and the Lord pulls on my heart. This is years ago. He says, I want you to pay someone's mortgage. And I was like, but Lord, you know, what about like doing it the proper way and this and that? And there was no other word. It wasn't like, give me a lesson on doing it. Here's my choice. I could obey him or not. And it wasn't really obedience. It was an invitation to be a part of what he's doing, right? So that's what I want you to get to. It's not about obey the Lord. It's about, hey, I have an invitation for you. And I'm going to blow your mind about the effects that are going to happen from that. So this is the funny thing. So I I was left hand, right hand, right? I was like, all right, I know this person. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to drive to another city. I'm going to get a cashier's check and have the person sign it and fill it out so there's no correlation to me whatsoever. So left hand, right hand, we got this down. I spent a, over an hour and a half trying to make that whole thing happen. I was like, I was like all right, this, this. And I was all done. I mailed it from a different zip code. The whole shebang, man. I was like, I'm on this thing. You don't know what this is doing right now, you know? And so I show up at church the next, week, the next Sunday or whatever else. I walk in, and the person I gave it to looks me in the eye and says, thanks for the check for the mortgage. <laughs> and I said, I don't know what you're talking about. I was like, I don't know. And she says this, the Lord told me. I went, Ugh. I was like, and she, all she did was smile, and she walked away. And I was like, well then. Um, and here's what the Lord told me at that moment. Here's what he said. When I ask you to do something, I know your heart behind it. Write your name on it, and the ripple effect will be monstrous. You'll never know. Because it's not about 
not taking credit for what he's doing. It's about being invited to be a part of what he's already doing because you never know what's going to happen to the person that you're giving it to as well. Right? And so I was like, I was, at that moment, I was freed up. Lord, you know what? Uh, let's do it. I don't care about this or that, whatever else. When you call my heart and you give me an invitation, I have a choice to be a part of that or not. And there's been times I haven't done it. But there's been more times that I have. And the more I do it, the more I get excited. And it just grows and grows and grows. Um, so that is a, um, another story. I got a lot of these too. And I want you to catch this. This is real life stuff for me, not just stuff I make believe. I read out of here and go, now brothers, give so you can be blessed. This is saying, here's my heart. Let me rip it open and tell you real things. I'm going to even go through some numbers so you can go, oh, I didn't know that. Here's what we need to have. We need to have a perspective shift in our mind. Andrew's always talking about what's repentance about a change of mind, right? Well, I would propose to you too, we, a change of mind is, can happen in every area of our life. The way we view money, the way we view this, the way we view that, our stuff. You know, Andrew's really good. If you need stuff, you go to him, he gives stuff. I was with a mentor one time in Texas, a multi-billionaire. I sold books to him. In 1992, I thought a lot of weird things. I sold books door to door. Anyone ever do that? <laughs> so you go to a sales school for 85 hours in Tennessee. I brought eight guys with me. Come on, we're going to make lots of money. We're going to do this. And we're 85-hour sales school. At the end of the sales school, they tell you where you're going to go. You don't have any idea where you're going yet. And so they said, hey, you're going to West Texas. I was like, great. And they say, here's your territory. I got my little truck. My buddy has a bicycle. So I had the outskirts. He had the town. He don't sell on bikes. Well, <laughs> so... We go, we pull up to this area, and we look at each other. This is a true story. We look at each other, we go, okay, now what? And he's like, well, I said, let's find a place to live. And so what do we do? We got out, knocked on people's doors. Hi, we're here for the summer. We'd like to live with you and pay you a little rent. Why do we sell books? We're like, all right, next. <laughs> you know? So we went along the whole street until we find an old uh, psychologist. He's like, oh, yeah. His name is Dr. Snively. We walked in his house. He said, come in. You can live with us. And we're like, great. We found a place. What's the next step? And um, it was crazy. He had books piled. Like, he had to do this around his house. Like, zigzags. So there's books everywhere. Dust everywhere. We're like, Ugh. And um, we went to the bedroom, and we had a little bedroom where there was dust everywhere. And we're like, here's our home for the summer. Very great. Um, but I remember um, doing that. I always said to the Lord, I said, Lord, whatever you want to do, let me just share my faith with this one family, regardless of what happens, whether I sell 100 books or no books. And I'll tell you what. What he did in my life that summer blew my doors off because you're supposed to see 30 families and you may sell one or two books. I would see three families and I would sell all three families books. I would sit down and go, hey, how you doing? I was 19 years old. I went to a family, the maybes. This was going back to the maybes. I'm, I'm tying all the story in. And um, you pull up on their land. They lived on 76,000 acres. And there's a runway. And it says, watch out for airplanes. I'm like, what is this? And I see a mom and daughter walking on the runway for exercise. And I was like, is it the husband here and she's like he's down there so i drive all the way down the runway past hangers airplanes all that stuff i knock on his door i go and i talk to him he almost kicked me out some reason the lord had that different so i walked in i spent time with him end up selling books and um we became like family and so um through that experience um it just i realized you know what lord you would never know what they have or whatever but he was a very very giving guy and um i remember sitting down with the three girls i'm 19 there's a 15 13 and 12 and I do this after we sell books. It's like, girls, can I just speak to you candid with the mom and dad there? This is what I said to them. And this is what, so I'm your guy's age. I said, listen, the Lord has plans for you, right? I didn't go to school for this stuff, by the way. I just came with what the Holy Spirit was put on me. And um, I said, when you guys go to beautiful girls and say, you know what? Save yourself to get married. I said, I'm 19. I've done. I've chosen to do the same thing. 
And their parents are like, who does this? A guy walks off the street, starts telling me, you know, a virgin till they're married, stuff like that. And they're all looking like, you know. And I was just going with it, man. I was like, you know what, Lord? He loves you. He's got a plan for you, man. Just honor him with your life. And it was like an instant bomb was made. Over the years, we became good friends and we set up. But I remember one time going back to his house. And uh, we're in the parking lot. And not, who, has, uh, has, uh, who has had this happen before? That happens sometimes. Uh, that was not tongues, by the way. You sit in, and uh, you, uh, we're sitting, we pull into the parking lot. A guy's in a truck right next to us. He opens the car door, and bam, right in the side of the car. I was like, oh, man, that is not good. And this is why it's so funny. This guy, this jeans, and tons of money. He looks at me and goes like this, just like this. Well, good thing that's the Lord's car, because I'd be mad if it wasn't. <laughs> and I went, man, that sealed another crucial thing in my life about a perspective of our stuff and money. I went, oh, my goodness. I would have been really mad. I'll tell you what, though. Years down the road, I, I adopted that for myself. And so it, I got dings all over my truck. It's like, well, good thing it's the Lord's car. You know, I, I, all the time. Good thing it's the Lord's car because, man, if not, I'd be really upset. You know? But uh, there's all these learning experiences that go back to the heart of the issue of what we're talking about. Um, with that one, where was I going with that one? Lots of stories. Oh, perspective shifts. We have to have a perspective shift, right? Um, so here's the thing. Um, we need to have much more than good intentions and empty words, right? Again, this is about love. This is about um, going through it. There's um, another verse here, James 2, 14 through 16, talks about, um, are you familiar with that? Show me your works, and I'll show you my, you show me your faith, I'll show you my deeds by what I believe, and stuff like that. All right. Um, I told you before that God doesn't discriminate. If anyone does what he, his word instructs, believers or non-believers, they will experience the results of following his word. I said, you know, do you know what most self-help books are all rooted from the word of God? They take them and they, they put them different ways. Sometimes people don't even know that. And they go, man, this book really, really helped me out. It's like Andrew says, we all have a thumbprint of God in our lives. And people take words, they put it in their life, and it, it, it has results. Here's what I'm proposing to us. We as believers, this should be basic Christianity. We want all the other great, amazing things, but if we can't even get the first thing out of the way, we're, we're kind of making a mockery of God, aren't we not? We're saying, you know what, Lord, I want all this stuff, but this is what it's like. This is another thing the Lord showed me this morning. He's like, it's like a farmer going through the field and going, man, I love my crops. This is going to be an amazing crop this season. And he never plants a seed. And he walks back in his house, and he goes, I wonder why it's not growing. That's kind of weird. I have the field. I'm a farmer. And there's no crop. And the Lord says, that's what it's like. When you, when, you, when you talk about my word and you don't implement the very basics that I've asked you to do, because it's not for me, it's for us, it's for you. It's the same thing. And think of that analogy, you know. Don't say, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and say I want this, this, and that, and then not plant seed, you know. And so just let me, just like, hit me when we're done or when the time's up. Um, and then on top of that, here's another thing he said. He said this. <clears throat> we all know bubble gum, right? This is not bubble gum theology. Put a quarter in, get a piece of bubble gum out. Sometimes we treat God like that. That's very self-serving. I put a quarter in for me, I get a bubble gum out for me. Thank you, God, you're the best. High five. Right? That's, that's, a lot of times that's what we say. We sit there and it, sometimes it grieves my heart because I say, the people don't even get it. I'm not saying I come across and I figure it all out. All I'm saying is my life is a testimony of this principles being in place. Um, and so let's not do bubblegum theology. Let's get past all that stuff. Let's take the grip off our money. Because here's what I'll tell you. The core of the issue, I believe, comes to our money, no matter what anyone wants to say. 
you're not going to hear a lot of people say that because they say, well, I give this way, that way. The core of it is we don't really trust God. And so we want to hold on to our money. We want to pretend like we're doing the right thing. This might make you squirm in your seat a little bit. I'm not sure. All I know is this. I'm inviting you guys into a place in my life where you go, you know what? Oh, my goodness. And if you haven't given, you know what? This isn't a combination. It says start somewhere. That's all I'm saying. Say, Lord, what do you want me to do? And do it with a glad heart because it says God loves a cheerful giver. It says decide what your heart ought to give and give joyfully. Um, here's another example, real life story. You know this beautiful building on Maitland, the Majesty Building. We all know that. It's been there like 15 years, and still they're trying to build it. Yeah. We went to a thing in 1999, I think. My wife and I. And I was like, Hey, let's go. There's a, there's a prophetic guy in town, and he's gonna share some good stuff with us. And we were all hungry and hot to go, and wanted to hear a word from the Lord. We all do that sometimes. That's oh, a word, Lord. Give me a word. All right. Well, we got married in 1998. We moved to Orlando, and we were here for two years, and I, was, I sold $20,000 worth of stock to live. And um, I was doing some direct sales, and it wasn't very going very well, but I was trying to make it go well. And I'd gone all the way down to $4,000 in my account. My wife was a flight attendant at the time, and she was flying around. She didn't make very much money. I think her first year, you made, what, $13,000? For a whole year, is that crazy, flying around? So we didn't have a lot of money. I go to this majesty building. I'm sitting there, and, I, and there's good words and prophetic words and stuff like that. And the guy does this whole pitch about, well, we got this building we want you to give to. It's great. We can put your name on a block, and we give you credit. And this is we're building debt-free. And I was like, oh, my goodness. This is, who would ever do this stuff? I mean, this is so, like, manipulation, all that stuff. Like, that was my whole attitude. I was like, no way. So we're sitting through the whole thing, and the Lord says this to me. Blew my socks off. He says, that stock you sold, did you ever um, give me my part? I went, I was like, I cannot even believe that. So how much is that? Like just a basic guideline. 20,000 is how much? Two grand. I had 4,000 in my bank. And I wasn't making any money. And she was making peanuts on the airline and serving them. Um, So, so, um, (laughs) so here's what happened. I said, I said this to the Lord. I said, you know what, Lord? All right. I checked out my ego, what I thought. Even though I would never give to that, here's what he did. He invited me. It wasn't about the position. It wasn't about the building. It was about, am I going to be an invitation of what he's asking me to do at that time? Had nothing to do with the building. Had all everything to do with my heart. And so I looked at her. I said, you're never going to believe this? The Lord wants us to give two grand. She's like, all right. Because <laughs> she's been with the history with me. So... I took, the, I took my checkbook out, and I went, do, 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 do. And like, oh, this is great. You can have your own name and engravings and all that stuff in there. I thought, that's just what the enemy wants to do. Jesus wants to invite us into doing something with him. And then the enemy wants to turn around and say, look, man, look what you did. Take the credit for it. You deserve it. You were obedient. Isn't that crazy? He'll, he'll, he'll do stuff like that to us. And instantly, my heart tugs. And I was like, you know what? Our name's not going anywhere on that. And all I put on it was, for our Lord end of story. I didn't put end of story. I just put for our Lord. Right? Right? So I just wanted to be clear here. You know, it would be weird. Um, so, so I put for our Lord because it was about my heart, right? And it's so many people would jump up and go, look at me, look at me. I got my name there. And I just want to let Lord, I don't, this isn't done for anybody but you. Man, what an amazing story. And here's the crazy thing I did that day. I put it's not about, this is just real life stuff. I'm not looking for accolades and that stuff. I'm just saying, look guys, do this stuff. <laughs> The, I hope you guys get the, what's inside here. 
Here's the thing. I took that check and I said, Lord, now I'm, how old am I? I don't know how old am I, 27 or so. I don't know what it says sometime. I took that check and I said, Lord, I asked you to bring this back a hundred times. I put it in. I forgot about it. For the next months and years, we kept getting things. You can upgrade your thing and all that stuff. And it was like, if the Lord called me to give again, I would do it. And he did one other time. But what I realized just when I was preparing for this, this is the crazy thing. I looked back at that at the time, and the Lord says, man, that was good. Um, and I thought, man, it wasn't, that, that declaration wasn't big enough. Because I realized in 2005, in one year, I, we, he brought back 200, uh, 250 times that. One year. Five years previously, I had no idea that was going to happen. And the Lord, you know what the Lord prompted my heart? I, and he didn't say anything else. I thought, man, what if I would have said a thousand times? What if I would have said a million times? Again, it's not name it and claim it. It's just he's let me know our idea of big is small. Yeah. His idea of big is we can't even comprehend and so I started, I just, this has happened to me. I was like, whoa, Lord. And he started walking back through those lines. I'm like, man, that really happened. I didn't even recognize it until the Lord prompted my heart and said, go back and look at this. Oh, okay. Uh, are we doing good so far? Right, I'll finish up. I got a lot more stories, but I just really want to get this across. Here's another one. You know, we go to Honduras. We've been the last two years. Um, it's been a great trip. If you haven't gone, I would recommend highly doing it. Um, and we send out letters of support. Some people do, some people don't. I always write off, you know, 10 or 15 letters sent out, say, here's what we're doing, if you want to be involved. And every year, the Lord always, to the last years, has given us more than enough that helps out with other people to go as well. And you know what? It's never surprised me. I know in my spirit it's going to happen because I have a history of just giving as well. And I'm here to tell you, if we all catch this in our body, in our system, we just say, Lord, we'll do whatever it is you want us to do. And we get freed up from our money, no matter how little or how much you have. Because some people say this, if I had more money, I would give. I'm here to tell you, you're wrong. If you give when you have none, and you give when you have some, and you give when you have much, you always will give. Because it's a discipline that's built inside your system, and the Lord turns into a gifting. And now, you know, we all say we want the gifts. Listen, you know what I want? I want the gift of lavish, extravagant giving. That's what I want. Because I, I know the day is coming when I'm, the Lord's going to say, hey, I want you to go to this person. I know it. I've seen it tangible in my mind. Walk over to a person. They said, the Lord wants me to give this. As he says, he loves you. And write them a $300,000 check and say, he loves you. And you know what I know is going to happen? The spirit is going to hit that like a, like a brick. And, and lives will be changed. And you know what the deal is? It doesn't matter what happens or doesn't happen. It's because I anticipate the time when I can say, Lord, whatever it is you want to do, I'll do it. Because I do it now. So I go back and I said this. I went in my quicken. Again, I want you to know real, real stories. There's times we didn't make very much money. But there was times he invited me to give. And you know what I said? I gave. Mm -hmm. And he broke me one time with this. My mom said, be careful who you give to because we want to make sure it's used properly. Right? Ever happened to anybody? We don't give to the alcoholic or the, no, the homeless guy because he might run over to the store and get something. It's not good for him. So the Lord, the Lord showed me. He says, hey, when you give, who are you giving to in the first place? I said, you know what? All right, Lord, it's on. I don't care who does it. So the Lord started saying this. And I asked you guys this. What if, let me ask you a question. What if you give to a homeless guy? What if the Lord said, give him 100 bucks? That's a lot of money for a homeless guy. And he walks right over to the, to the place, the liquor store, and gets liquor and gets smashed. How would that affect people? I bet a lot of people would be upset. Maybe not. 
But you know what? When it leaves our hands, we're broken in the kingdom of God and the people. It doesn't matter. He said this to me. When it leaves your fingers, it's already a matter of the heart of the issue of the heart. When it leaves your hands, do not worry about it. It doesn't matter. Because no matter what happens in the physical realm, my kingdom is being broken in the people. Regardless. Man, that is amazing. That should be freedom. Free up like that, you know. And I'm not saying just don't do stupid, foolish things. But here's what I will tell you. The Lord says he, he does foolish things to confound the wise. And in my life, he's done things that don't, logic doesn't even make sense, right? So, um, so back to this Honduras thing. So um, a friend of ours was going to Honduras. This is the leadership of the church said this to them. We were going to this church at the time. They said, you know what? Um, I don't, you don't need to go to Honduras. We need you here. You're important on the worship team. They came to me and I said, hey, what do you think the Lord wants us to do? I said, if the Lord's put it in your heart, do it. He'll provide a way. So I said, because isn't it true we need each other in our lives to have counsel, but at the same time, encourage each other in what the Lord's put in our heart to do and say, go do it, right? That's what we're really about. It's not about anyone's agenda. Can we agree? And so I was like, man, if the Lord's put there, go, he'll wait. I didn't know I was going to be one of the ones that provided. I had no idea at the time. I wasn't even making very much money. But I went back just recently and I said, I wonder how much we end up giving. Because she would say stuff like, you'll never know what happened to when you gave this and what happened here and what happened there and all over this stuff. I was like, really? We had to give to their parents that collect their money and they put it in their bank account. And so she said, my mom sometimes wonders why you give more money than they make in two or three months in one month. Could never, they never called me and asked me that. They never said anything about that. But this whole time, they're being messed with in their head going, this doesn't make any sense. But there's got to be something bigger to this. So I went back and I checked. And again, this is not to toot my horn or anything like that. But I'm just telling you, what I talk about, I actually do. It's the reality. And so I look back and for the time they're in Honduras, three or four years or whatever it was, five years, I don't know what it was. We, I just checked. We gave $132,000. 132 grand. That's a lot of money. And that was only a portion of what we gave to them because we give wherever the Lord leads us to. This is real life stuff. And people wonder, why does it always seem to go well with you? Because you know what? Whether we have little or much, we give gratefully and gladfully and we say, Lord, go do it. And I can tell you this, there are people in here that the Lord has even highlighted to me that means so well and want to do so much, but yet they, hide, they just like, man, we just can't get by. And I'm telling you this, in my life, it's you go, when you feel the heart of God move on you and you say, you know what, Lord, I'm doing this, no strings attached because I love you, he will blow your mind in ways you'll never imagine. And so, um, man, I got a lot more, but um, I know it's getting late. I'm sorry. Are we okay on this? Um, can I tell you just a couple more stories? I mean, this is all laced with, with, with um, um, you know, scripture as well, but um, try and decide which one to tell. Um, I got more than both. Um, <laughs> let me tell you this one. <clears throat> the Lord put on my heart, just seriously, kick me when we're done or whatever. Or whatever right? um, the Lord put on my heart one time, we had friends that had medical bills. This is years ago. And the Lord said, hey, give. And I knew that their medical bills were, I don't know, I think it was twelve or $1,300. So I wrote a check for $1,300. I put, said, Cheryl, should we give it now? She's like, no, I don't, I don't think we should give it. I was like, all right. So I set it aside and I forgot about it. Another week or two go by. I say, hey, Lord, what about now? And she, I asked Cheryl. She's like, no, not yet. Okay. Like two or three months went by. And out of the blue, she says to me, wait, I think now's the time to give it. I was like, what? She's like, the check. I was like, oh, okay, I forgot about it. I stick it in the mail. I send it off. Three days later, I get a phone call with who we gave it to, crying. Like, are you all right? What's wrong? 
because I, I, you know, I didn't correlate anything. He's like, he's, I've been struggling for over three or four months to give $100 because I had no money. But the Lord kept inviting me, kept inviting me, I kept blowing off, and the day I decided to do it, I opened the mailbox, I pulled out your check for $1,300. <laughs> that's not coincidence, that's timing. The Lord had us hold off on it for three months. This is, isn't this exciting? This is exciting stuff. Oh, my goodness. And um, so that's another one. Here's another one. one this is really cool, too. This, I just want you guys to catch this, man. I mean, wherever you're at, just decide in your heart to do something if he invites you to do so. He's never going to demand it. He's never going to make you do it. But I'll tell you what. Our life is a living example of that, and I want to impart that to you. Take the leap of faith. And here's the catch. It really is not faith. You know why? He tells us in the Bible to do it. You'll, if, you sow sparingly, if you sow sparingly, you'll reap sparingly. If you sow abundantly, you'll reap abundantly, right? He gives us the roadmap. The GPS is already there. Um, we had, we had uh, set aside a bunch of money to give, and I called my friend, mom. She was in Equ- uh, Ecuador teaching English and, at a Christian school. And I said, hey, I want to give to Natalie. Um, the Lord's put on my heart to give her some money. And this, this point I had set aside, um, I don't know, 60 or something thousand dollars for giving. And I had, set, I had paid some. I had like... I had like uh, I went through a bunch of different things, and I had like ten or fifteen thousand dollars left, I think, at this one point. I think ten grand, and um, I was like, "I'll give her three grand, and we'll go from there." That's what I did. But I got on the phone with her mom, and I, her mom says this: "I was like, hey, where, where's the address I needed to send the money into for Natalie, so she can, you know, I just want to sew into that." She's like, "Oh my goodness, she's trying to decide if she's supposed to stay there for another year." And she starts talking to me. She's like, "She's really liked it, and she's loved it." And as she's talking to me, the Lord's like, "Give her the rest." I was like, "All right, I'm so excited," and um. <laughs> And so I told, I told Joanna on the phone, I said, Joanna, I said, um, I run and want to give, but as I'm talking to you, I realize the Lord really wants me just to do this for your daughter. And so I said, I had one amount in mind, but the Lord wants me to go ahead and give $10,000. She dropped the phone. She picks up like, are you all right? She starts crying. She says, you don't understand. She's been struggling with if she wants to be there or not or if she, whatever else. And I said, man, listen, the Lord loves you guys. He loves Natalie. He's excited about what's happening. And man, this is awesome. I said, don't thank me. Thank him, because it's all about him anyways. And so I mailed the check off. I got the most amazing thank you letter back uh, after that. And she just said it just, it, it, it set a precedent in her life for trusting him and going, you know what, Lord will provide, Lord will come through. I'm not here to say that if you're in a situation the Lord hasn't come through, I'm telling you this, he will come through for you. His timing is perfect. That doesn't mean it's not going to be easy. It doesn't mean you're not going to have struggles, none of that. All I'm telling you is we've had hard times, but in the midst of a hard time, guess what? An invitation will always arise, and we have a choice. But I know this. As my heart is moved to give, I say, Lord, you know what? Whatever it is, I'll gladly do it. Not with any other expectation but this. His character is always good, and he will always come through, period. End of story. I have no idea how it's going to show up in your life. I never had no idea how it's going to show up in my life. When the real estate market crashed, I've been doing it 15 years. When the real estate market crashed in 2008, I went from making a lot of money, a lot of transactions, to I only made $24,000 going from half a million. One year, that's a big drop, isn't it? How many people would be like, <laughs> right? And I was like, I don't know how we're going to do this. But what I knew is he's faithful. And little did I think, the Lord said, I'm going to provide for you ways you never even imagined. What does that mean to me? I had no idea. Next thing I know, though, we got our pictures taken, and the Lord starts sending us on vacations that we couldn't afford and paying us to do so. So for three or four years, we still do a little bit on and off, but for three or four years, here's people going that have no money, smile for the camera, look good, and we're going to send you on a seven-day cruise 
uh, out of L.A. And so we're like, we're on vacation. They're paying us, our families together. Amazing opportunity. And the joke was we started making more in Miley and acting than we did in real estate for that year. It was crazy. My point is this. You never know where he's going to show up or when he's going to show up. Be expectant to receive everything he has for you. But I will tell you this. If you do all that without implementing basic Christianity 101, you're missing it. Because he just says, hey, I want to do everything for you. It's already there. It's already there for you to have. Do you trust me with it or not? And so, man, I don't want this to be a heavy moment. I want you to say, you know what? I just want to give this stuff to you. If we can all just say, Lord, you know what? I'm open to whatever you want to do in my life as far as break free from this grist I have in my money. I made this one prayer one time. I'll end with this. I said, Lord, I want to be detached from the things of this world. I had an idea what that meant. It wasn't his idea. So for the next three years, I watched. I had five businesses in the height of everything. I watched one business after another business after another business after another business shut down. People losing money. It cost me over $400,000 cash that I had put into businesses. And I was like, you know what? Oh, man, that's tough. But every step of the way, I kept telling them, say, will you trust me? And you know when you start losing money, you work harder. Have it ever happened to somebody where they work harder, harder, harder to make things happen? And it just doesn't happen any longer. I finally had to throw my hands up and go, you know what, Lord? I, I can't do it. And he's like, this is where I want you. Yeah. And I finally was released of that. I was like, you know what? I don't know how it's going to work. And you know what's funny? For the last five years, six years, we still live paycheck to paycheck. I used to have hundreds of thousands of dollars in my account. I used to have all that stuff going. I used to have, you know, have comfortable. And the Lord said to me this. In 2006, I was at a conference at IHOP. Corey Russell does an invitation for an altar call. He says, anyone that has addictions, come down. And I was like, Lord, I don't really have any addictions. And I heard the Lord say in my spirit like a sword. He says, you're addicted to your own self-sufficiency and your own provision. And my jaw hit the floor. You know what? I was like, but Lord, we give a lot of money. Because you've got to agree, we gave a lot of money. And I said, and everything I give you credit for, I didn't hear another word. I was like... I don't really know what this means, but all right. I got a little prophetic word from a little Asian lady. She says, for the first time, <laughs> you don't know what to do. And I went, not ring a bell for me. I don't know what you're talking about. Right? And I was like, man, she missed it. So for, fast forward a few months. I got the phone call from my partner on the coast that I just put 250000 into a deal. It was gone. The phone call rang. And he says, man, I don't have the money. And you know what that little thing is? For the first time, you know what to do. And I'm like, oh, it's like, oh. All right, Lord, I get it. Okay. He already started prepping my heart for what was to come. And so I was like, he already prepared me. I wasn't, I was like, oh. And then the Lord said, why don't you pray to bless him? Oh. It's like, really? And not to get it back. Oh. So I was like, you know, Lord, all right, I don't know how it's going to work, but I'll do that. And then for the next three years, it was next business, next business. I remember we're touching down on the plane with my wife, and I'll end with this. We're going to land the plane. I turn my phone off, I'm on, and I get a phone call. Ironically, right when we land, pick up. One of the last investments we had, um, a buddy of mine called and said, hey, I just want to let you know um, the guy we were investing with got indicted for embezzlement. I was like, oh, great. <laughs> so I look at Cheryl, and I said, Cheryl, I got good news and bad news. I said, what's the bad news? We lost the last investment we had. But the good news is we have nothing else to lose. <laughs> that was what I told him. And so it's kind of like, all right. It's like, okay, here, that's, all right, now what? You know? And so what the Lord had to show me is this. Hey, I can trust you with lots of money, 
But what you didn't realize is when you don't have any, man, that's hard for you to do. And so he had to break me of that. And I remember going through this time, one of my friends was, a, was a, one of my mentors. He says, I was like, why is this happening? It's so frustrating. I'm doing everything. I'm doing everything right. And you know, he looked me in the eye. And the Lord spoke to him at, at that moment, spoke to my heart. He says, why are you shocked? This is what you prayed for. Remember I said, I don't want to be attached to the things. I was like, oh, man, I had thought it meant this, though. Like, you could have all that and not do this. You know, and I was like, Shoot. You know, once again, though, I was like, and I didn't argue. He's like, he just said it matter of fact. And I was like, all right, Lord. Okay. And so I'm here to tell you today, we're on this journey. And I'm telling you, whether it's little or not, I anticipate and look forward to the times to just give. Even whatever, it doesn't matter what my bank says, my account says. I'm not saying to be foolish, but I'm telling you this. He will come behind you in great ways. You know why? It's a law like the law of gravity. It's not predicated on whether you even believe it or not. Isn't that crazy? Oh, my goodness. So, man, I just want to uh, thank you for your time. I'm sorry if it went a little long, but um, there's tons of other stuff. But I want to do this. I want to encourage people to impart because I really believe it's a gifting that's been birthed inside of me. And it's, it's, it's growing. And I anticipate, I want to just bring everybody into it and say, let's do this. Because can you imagine if we got the basics out of the way and we could just live this way for real? Because that's what we're about, no matter what it looks like. Because we will make a huge impact, not only on our lives, but the people he gives up, up, ask us to give to. The ripple effect is phenomenal. And it's funny that the thing we have is called the ripple effect, because that's what it's all about in our lives. So um, if I can do this, if you just want to stand up. Do you want to do anything? No, or, okay. okay. Uh, and listen, here's what I will tell you. If you have or haven't, that's not the point right now. The point is this. If you realize that something resonated with your heart... And you realize, you know what, Lord, I've been holding a little too tight on what I think I believe or whatever else. I'm just saying if we, if we can all let it go and say, Lord, you're welcome to do whatever it is you want to do with my finances, as little as it is or as much as it is. I will promise you this, not what I say, but what his word has been true in our family's life for years. And it will continue to do so because I'll tell you what, we sow, we sow, we sow. And at the right time, it says in his word, in due season, you will reap. Is that right? But it's time to start moving away from claiming these scriptures without doing. Don't be the farmer that doesn't plant the seed. Because the other farmer that's planting the seed, look at you and go, you are not smart. (laughs) Right? And so I'll tell you kids, start this at an early age because you will leave a legacy for a lifetime. Don't wait. And it's not too late for adults either. And so whether it's a little lot, decide in your heart what to give. Give joyfully and watch him blow your mind. And here's the key. Don't do it one time. Because you're saying, Lord, I'll test this out like a little piece of medicine. If it makes me feel better, I'll be better. If not, then I'll just, I tried it. Uh-uh. Do not try it. This is the creator of the universe that put laws in place because he loves us and he loves you. Everything is already available to us to enter into. We are the ones sometimes that hold back because our heart is closed off in certain areas. I'm not saying I have it all figured out. All I'm saying is, man, I want to impart this to you so we walk out of this place where something changes in our heart and we can move in power, going, you know what, Lord, no matter what it looks like, show me an opportunity where I can sow in your kingdom and know when it leaves your hands or you write that check or you give to whoever he asks you that you are a dispenser of the kingdom of God that's penetrating people's hearts, period. All right, so we can do that. So, and listen, I'll just do this. If you want to do it for real, I would just say, pull your hands out like this, like to receive. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. That's totally cool. But if you do, just do this and say, and don't try to make it look what it's going to look like something. Just say, Lord, just make me aware 
of an opportunity. And don't only make it a one-time circumstance, but I want to make it a lifestyle. Because a lifestyle will be proven time and time again. You can take all the annals of history and everything else and watch. Faithful givers will always have more to give, even in times when there's not anything. And here's the thing. I'll leave you with this. Even when you don't have much and you still give, you will still have enough to pay your bills and to still give. It's not just to cover your own bills. He will always give you enough. Okay? So, Father, I bless you. Lord, I thank you for being here. I thank you for your holiness and your worthiness and your truth and your word. Lord, I ask that basic Christianity 101 will penetrate our hearts, Father, and that as we make these declarations for giving, Lord, that it won't be just an act of fruitless, empty words. But, Lord, our hearts will be penetrated and we'll be a walking body of believers that will sow into your kingdom knowing that you are good God. And, Lord, you have everything in store for us. So, Lord, make us um, eager with anticipation to see the ripple effect, not what it does for our life, but what our lives do with all the lives around us, God. And so, Lord, I just pray that over even today, everyone's heart, that hands are up and wide open, Lord, that you would just pour out your goodness and blessing in your truth, Father, that we will walk out here as a changed person. And not only that, Lord, that we'll have testimonies. I expect testimonies of people's lives where they said, you know what, I took a chance, I did it, and the Lord is doing this. Because without testimony, that's why I did testimonies today. Without testimonies, there's power in testimonies. It's not just a, a, a philosophical word, but it's a truth in someone's lives that's poured open. So, Jesus, I thank you for today, Lord. As we go our ways, Lord, I just bless everybody here, Lord. May it be a weighty heart, subject of joy. May the joy of the Lord fill our heart. May it be our strength. May we be disattached from our checkbooks, Father, that whatever you ask us and invite us to give, Lord, that we will do gratefully with anticipation of your kingdom coming all around us. In Jesus' name, amen.